Blog Talk Radio. Well, praise the Lord. This is Evangelist Janet Taylor coming to you live from Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry International. I want to let you know that I got joy. Glory be to God. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me, and the world cannot take it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Uh, we want to thank you all for tuning in on tonight. Again, this is Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry Evangelist Janet Taylor, and our web address is www.wallsoffiredeliverancemin.com. If you're looking for us, you can find us on the web 
at www.wallsoffiredeliveranceMIN.com. Um, if you want to contact us by phone, you can do so at area code 336 830 um, Also, if you want to reach us by email, our email address is jet245n.com. Um, if you still use snail mail, you can write to us at P.O. Box 1148, Walkertown, North Carolina. That's one word, Walkertown, North Carolina, 27105. Glory be to God, and we will be happy to hear from you. And um, I guarantee you, you'll get a response back. Now, you can join us. We have what is known as the Sweet Hour of Prayer. So you can join us Monday through Saturday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time for one hour of prayer. Jesus said to his disciples, can you not pray with me for one hour? So we come together on this prayer line called the Sweet Hour of Prayer, and we pray for one hour. The phone number is 425-436-6333. And if you can't join us during the week, then you can catch us Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The number, again, is 425-436-6333, and the code is 716-5050. To um, give God praise for you all joining us tonight, if you are led by the Spirit and you want to sow into this ministry, you can do so through two means. You can send a donation through PayPal or through Zelle. Now, the um, email address to use for both PayPal and Zelle is jet245 at msn.com. Glory be to God. Well, I'm excited uh, to be with you on tonight. I had been... Um, celebrating with my husband down in Atlanta, Georgia on last week, and I'm finally able to get back to uh, the business of God, although I actually never stopped telling people about Jesus, but I'm finally able to get back to this program. Um, so uh, I thank God for it. I thank God for the rest. And everybody needs to get them some R&R from time to time. And um, we are no exception um, because that's a good way to get burnout. And then you start relying on your flesh and not the Holy Spirit. So everybody needs to get some R&R. Jesus rested on the Sabbath day, and that is why he instituted the Sabbath. So uh, I am well rested. I'm back and rip-roaring and ready to go. So we're going to get right into tonight's message. And the message for tonight is uh, very simple. It's called RESET, R-E-S-E-T, RESET. Now, if anybody um, is not uh, sure of what RESET is all about or what is a RESET, I'm going to talk to you 
about that and give you a little bit of background information and um, then give you the scripture. But our first scripture, our first scripture comes from Jeremiah chapter 3, verse uh, 14 and 15. And then you'll kind of get the gist of where we're going with this tonight. It says, Turn, O backsliding children, saith the Lord, for I am married unto you, and I will take you one of a city and two of a family, and I will bring you to Zion, and I will give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Glory be to God. That's Jeremiah chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. And um, so I, 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 uh, I want to explain to you what a reset is. Glory be to God. Now, if any of you who work in uh, the field of technology uh, with computers, you know what it means to hit the reset button. To reset means to set again or to uh, start over. It's to go back to the beginning. Now, we, we understand that because um, uh, in the book of Revelation, uh, one of the indictments against one of the churches was that they had lost their first love and that they needed to uh, go back to their first love. So when a human life uh, is reset, it means that it is starting over by beginning again. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 is the epitome of what reset means. It says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So the individual who was a sinner but gave their life to Jesus Christ, repented of their sins, turned from their wicked ways, is no longer on the path of destruction that they were once on, but are now on the new path that leads to eternal life, that individual has had a reset. People want to know, what's wrong with you? Why, why you ain't acting the way? I've had a reset. I have been reset. Glory be to God in the highest. And uh, there have been times in our lives when uh, we've all had to hit that reset button especially if you are a Christian. You see, when you and I confessed and repented of our sins, accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, <coughs> it was a, a reset. And that was the most important decision that we've ever made. Uh, but even as Christians, there have been numerous occasions where we messed up. We messed up big time, and we had to reset. You know, I think about uh, New Year's. Uh, people call it a New Year's resolution, and they decide uh, toward the end of December 
what it is they want to change, what it is they don't want to take into that new year. And they say, that's my New Year's resolution. Well, we, uh, as believers, we don't make New Year's resolutions. What we do is we go to God and ask God to search us and see if there be any wicked way in us. And the Holy Spirit will shine the spotlight on areas of darkness or areas uh, that are not pleasing to him, areas where we need to come up higher and improve. Glory be to God. And so we as believers do not have uh, New Year's resolutions because what I have found about that is most people don't make it too weak with a New Year's resolution because they're relying on their own strength. Now, you cannot make it as a Christian relying on your own strength. This is Rabababashata. This is why Jesus, when he ascended, he promised to send the comforter. He sent the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost because he knew that the disciples were going to need power in order to uh, uh, impact change. They were going to need power in their own lives, power over serpents and scorpions, power over all the power of the enemy, and they were going to need power to cast out devils in Jesus' name, and they were going to need power just to live the Christian life victoriously. So he didn't just tell them to be ye holy. He gave them the power to do so. So many people are making excuses as to why they are not living as the Bible says we are supposed to live. And so what they try to do is is justify their behavior by saying, well, ain't nobody perfect. And um, in, in one sense, they are correct because there was only one perfect one, and his name is Jesus Christ. But Jesus gave us power to live right. He sent the Holy Spirit to dwell in us. Now, before the New Testament church was birthed, the Holy Spirit did not dwell in men or women. The Holy Spirit moved upon them. But on the day of Pentecost, there were 120 in the upper room. And the Bible says they were on one accord and the Holy Spirit came in like cloven tongue fire and sat upon each of them and filled all the house. Nobody was left out. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And they received power from on high. They spoke with other tongues, but the main thing was that they received power. The tongues was the evidence of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, but they had power. And we know it because Peter rose up when they were accused of being drunk. Peter rose up and preached the first message to the church, and 
thousand souls were added to the number. You see, this is a different Peter. This is not the same Peter who was impetuous, who was always uh, 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 spouting off his mouth. This was not the same Peter who was warming himself by the enemy's fire. This was not the same Peter who was afraid for his life and cut the Roman soldier's ear off. This was not the same Peter who was afraid that what was happening to Jesus would also happen to him, and therefore he even denied knowing him. No, this is a different Peter. This is Peter that is now filled with the Holy Ghost. Glory be to God. He is bold. He is courageous. And he stands up and he preaches the first mess to the church. And 3,000 souls were saved. I would say that Peter has a, had a reset. Glory be to God. He, he's a new creature. Glory be to God. And this is what the Bible says. So, you know, we got this, uh, 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 this one group of people that have this mentality that uh, want to make excuses for their sins, and they say, well, nobody's perfect. And if that doesn't work for them, then they'll say, uh, God is the judge. And then if that doesn't work for them, then they say, well, uh, the Lord knows my heart. And then you got another group that just flat out say, I'm still me. And they lay their religion down and they cuss people out and then want to go upside somebody's head. But that is not, that is not uh, 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 the power of, that's not a Christian under the power of the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, it's quite the opposite. That's a Christian operating Still, that's a carnal Christian still operating in their flesh. Glory be to God. Now, um, uh, uh, there have been times, as I said, when we all needed to hit the reset button. And when we confessed our sins and uh, repented of them and received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that was the most important decision that we ever made. And really, we didn't even make that decision. The Bible says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And he said, we are a royal priesthood brought with a price, bought, purchased with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. So um, we have no excuse um, for continuing in, in sin. And um, Paul even said, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. So we want to thank God for his grace and his mercy, which are new every morning. It's like a car with a faulty spiritual part. God, the manufacturer, continually recalls uh, those who have strayed away and um, not necessarily from the faith, but just from his divine plan and purpose for uh, their individual life. Because we sometimes get distracted um, by people and things, and sometimes we have strayed away from our purpose. So God 
often called the children of Israel to return to them with their whole heart. And he promised to bless them if they did. So the scripture says, come, let us return unto the Lord. Now, this is what reset is all about. Let's look at um, Hosea. Let's look at Hosea chapter 6 and verse 1. And this is what it says. Come and let us return unto the Lord, for he hath torn and he will heal us. He hath smitten and he will bind us up. After two days he will revive us. In the third day he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight. Then shall we know if we shall follow on to know the Lord. His going forth is prepared as the morning, and he shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and former rain unto the earth. Glory be to God. So the message here is uh, come, let us return unto the Lord. Glory be to God. Everybody wants the latter rain blessing, but we've got to get back to our God. We've got to get back in the right place. Glory be to God. See, you can miss your blessing if you're out of place. So there comes a time in our life, even as believers, that we gotta we got to do a checkup from the neck up. we got to check ourselves. And if you find that, hey, I'm not uh, uh, serving the Lord uh, fervently like I used to, it's time for a reset. It doesn't mean you backslidden. It doesn't mean you strayed from the faith. It just means you have, been, you have become distracted. You have allowed people and, uh, and, and places and things to distract you. And whenever we get distracted, we are headed in the wrong direction. And so we need to reset by returning unto the Lord. There comes a time in every believer's life when we are forced to take a real inventory of our lives as Christians to see where we are in the faith. Now, sinners like to inventory, like I said, right before the new year comes in. Well, I got news for you. Uh, I'm celebrating the Jewish New Year next month, which is Rosh Hashanah. So uh, 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 if I were to make a New Year's resolution, which I don't, I would, I would be, it would be about this time of year that I would begin to examine myself. But I pray and I ask the Lord to search me because the Bible says this, um, let every man examine himself. And we have to do that. We have to examine ourselves in the Lord. So God is calling us, his children, his people, to come out of Egypt and return to him with our whole heart. And what that means is no more mixtures. You know, so many Christians uh, and churches, I mean whole churches, are trying to mix, mix uh, uh, their walk with God with their walk with the world. And the Bible says that he would that you be hot or cold. But if you are lukewarm, he's going to spit you out of his mouth. See, 
If you're a friend of the world, you're not a friend of God. You can't be. You cannot be a friend of the world and a friend of God. He said either you will love the one and hate the other, but you cannot serve two masters. It's impossible. And what's happening is this mixture is coming into the church. I don't really see the church going out trying to mix with the world, but I see the mixture gradually coming into the church. I, I saw a church on the uh, 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 YouTube doing the electric fly, and I was like, what is wrong with that church? Now, everybody knows what the electric slide is. It's a dance. It's a very popular dance, and there are so many versions of it. Uh, they, they do it so many different ways now. They keep changing it and adding steps to it and, and just, you know, modernizing it more and more. But I remember the, the uh, first version of the electric slide, but I was a sinner when this dance came out. And what I see is, is that this has crept its way into the church. Now, dancing, dancing, we should dance before the Lord. David danced before the Lord. We should celebrate our God. Uh, the joy of the Lord, it should be exuberant in the house of God. But we don't need to mix it. We don't need to bring the dances from the world into the house of God. Uh, that, that's, just, that's, just not, that's just not a good thing. It's not wisdom because you're not dancing for the Lord. You're not dancing uh, to celebrate and worship the Lord. It's your flesh. It's your flesh that's being moved. You, you're trying to get your groove on in the house of God. And um, this is this is this it's not godly. I recently saw a video of, of of a church. They were having a Super Bowl party, and um, they they watched the Super Bowl in the house of God. And I was appalled because Jesus threw the money changers out of the temple. He whipped them, turned over their tables and um, threw them out because he was offended that they had made the house of God a, a den of thieves. And he said so. He said, this is my father's house. It should be a house of, and you have made it a den of thieves. And he uh, tied together a scourge, and he whipped them and turned over their tables. And I'm telling you, he was deeply offended at their behavior and what they had done. So when I see this stuff going on in the house of God, they brought the Super Bowl into the house of God. Then they had a Super Bowl party. And I mean, it was a party just like the world has. It was uh, clubbing music. They had on the clubbing clothes. They were, um, they were totally in error. They were just in error. And the pastor and his wife, they defended it. They, they said there was nothing wrong with what they were doing. And I said they're leading people astray. They're making people think that this is what should go on in the house of God. We don't need to celebrate the Super Bowl.
Bowl in the house of God. If you want to watch the Super Bowl, it's not a sin to watch it. Watch it at home. Watch it at home with your family. But don't bring that into the house of God because there's no such service as a Super Bowl party. God doesn't get any glory out of that. So why have we have, have we uh, 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 slipped so far away from God that not even the leaders of the church knew that this was wrong? I mean, the dancing, it was just like the club. I know because I haven't always been saved. I used to be in the club, and what they were dressed like and what they were doing it was exactly uh, what I did when I was in the nightclub, and um, this this is uh, this is just unacceptable in the house of God. So God is calling us to come out of Egypt and return to Him. Now, when the Lord brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, He brought them uh, by the way of the wilderness. And it was an 11-day journey, but God took them the long way around, and uh, it turned into a 40-day journey, I mean a 40-year journey, because God knew that it was going to take that much time. It was easy for God to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt, but it was another story for him to bring uh, to get to Egypt out of the children of Israel. They had learned their ways. They had learned their customs. And then they began to look back and long for the leeks and onions of, of Egypt. They had forgotten just that quickly the mighty deliverance that God had wrought for them when Pharaoh and his army was behind them and the Red Sea was in front of them and there was nowhere for them to go. They forgot that God cut a highway through the Red Sea and how they miraculously went through it on dry land. And they also forgot how Pharaoh treated them, I mean, abused and misused them, mistreated them, caused them to break, to uh, make bricks without straw. And then they forgot how he took their daughters and made servants out of them. He took their children, their sons, and put them in his army. And they forgot, they really forgot how the children uh, were even uh, killed below the age of two. Moses escaped because uh, Pharaoh's daughter found him in a, a basket in, in, the, in the water, and she took him for her own son. The children of Israel forgot how Pharaoh killed their babies. They forgot. And so they began to desire to go back, and they said, would to God we had stayed in Egypt. And so God allowed them uh, to wander through the wilderness for 40 years so he could get Egypt out of them. He, it was easy for God to get them out of Egypt, but God had to get Egypt out of them, and that was a whole nother level. Glory be to God. And sometimes we forget uh, past relationships that we have been in, how, you know, 
how it turned bad and how it how it made you feel, how you were abused, misused, and how you felt unloved. And we we are tempted to go back to those relationships when we find ourselves lonely and without some companionship. We think that the devil that we knew is better than being alone. But a devil is still a devil, no matter whether you know him or you don't know him. So uh, there just comes a time when we have to take a real inventory of ourselves, and we have to remember that we are now as Christians. And let me tell you something. You know, people think that uh, being a Christian just means uh, I go to church now, and uh, I do good things, and I I even pay uh, my tithes and offerings. That does not make you a Christian. What makes you of that you have repented of your sins and uh, confessed them and have received salvation through Jesus Christ, then you become a follower of Christ. Because Jesus said, if any man will be my disciple, let him deny himself pick up his cross, and follow me. We are Christians because we are followers of Christ. It's not in name only. To be a Christian, you must be a follower of Christ. So whatever Christ did, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Glory be to God. And that is how we should live. We should aspire to live the way Christ is. Christ was our example. He showed us the way. He he disrobed himself of his glory, came down to this earth, lived in a human body, and showed us the way. Glory be to God. So if you are a Christian, you must be a follower of Christ. And if you're not, you need to hit the reset button. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So God is calling us to come out of Egypt and return to the Lord with our whole heart. No more mixture. You cannot mix oil and water. You can put it in a vessel and shake it up, and it will appear that it is completely mixed. But once you set that vessel down, the oil is always going to rise to the top, and the water is always going to be on the bottom. You see, the oil represents the anointing, and the Bible says it is because of the anointing that the yoke is destroyed. There are a lot of people preaching the word of God, but they have no anointing. Most of them have not even been called to preach, and without the anointing, you don't have the power to lay hands on the sick and they be healed. You can't destroy the yoke. You don't have the power to cast out devils in Jesus' name. Without the anointing, you are not able to do what Jesus did. And Jesus plainly told us, the work that you see me do, you shall do greater work. And in most churches today, there's a whole lot of preaching going on. There's a lot of shouting and a lot of running around the church, but you don't see a lot of deliverance. You don't see demons being cast out of people. You don't see hands being laid upon the sick. Glory be to God. You don't see any real ministry taking place because after the preacher has preached to the people of God, 
that is when he operates in his gift by coming down out that pulpit and ministering to the needs of the people. Yes, if there's sick, any sick among them, let them call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint them with oil and pray the prayer of faith over them. And if he has committed any sin, his sins shall be forgiven. And and he, he shall be healed. The prayer of faith will heal him. Glory be to God. But you don't see that happening. They're not even making altar calls anymore. The people are coming to church one way and leaving the same way. They brought the demon to the house of God with them and got to take that same demon back home with them. And this is not true ministry. Glory be to God. Ministry is about being changed. Glory be to God. The preacher may have preached a wonderful sermon, but if there was no ministry, no signs, wonders, that followed the preaching of the word, then there was no change. And and that is a travesty. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That means you got people up preaching that don't even believe what they're preaching. Glory be to God. Not believing that we can lay hands on the sick and cast out a spirit of infirmity. Not believing. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. That God said we could do these things cast out devils in his name. Glory be to God. Do you know there is power in the name of Jesus? So if the church is not operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the church itself needs to hit the reset button. Somebody needs to say, hey, why isn't this working? What are we not doing? If all you're doing is shouting and, and, and running around the church and whooping and hollering, that's not ministry. Glory be to God. Some people love to have church, but there's no ministry taking place. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So we can't allow this mixture, mixing uh, the things of the world with the, with the things of God. We can't allow it, uh, uh, bringing in comedians. There's no reason to bring a comedian into the house of God because the house of God even a Christian comedian, the house of God was not created for that purpose. That's a wrong use of the house of God. The house of God is not meant to be a place of entertainment. It is a place of worship. We come to the house of God to worship the Lord. Glory be to God. Now is the time. The hour has come and now is for the true worshipers. It's time for the true worshipers to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. So we've got to examine ourselves. We have to make a choice like Joshua did. He said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We, we, we will serve the Lord. We're not going to play church anymore. We're not going to, you know, if, if, if what we are seeing in our churches today is not lining up with the word, you need to get out of there. You need to get out of there. If ain't nobody got power to cast out a devil, you need to get out of there. If the gifts of the spirit are not operating in the church that you are attending, you need to run for your life. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. 
This is not, this is not, in other words, the power of God is not being demonstrated in the house of God. You know, I'll tell you why. For one reason, it is because of the spirit of entertainment. We come now, we want to hear the, the best singer. Oh, I like Sister So-and-so. When she say, oh, I, I, I love it. Yeah, I, I like preacher So-and-so. When he preached, oh, yeah, I love to hear him preach. But if the, if the word is having no effect in, in the church, it's something wrong. And it's not a problem with the word. It's something wrong with the preacher and the people. The word must bring change. You see, the word, the Bible tells us that whatsoever we ask the Father in his name, this is what Jesus said in John the 15th chapter, he said, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, it shall be done. And so he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will and it shall be given unto you. But when you don't see that happening in the church, in the house of God, then you know there's a problem. And the problem is not in God and it's not in his word. Because he said, my word shall not return unto me void. One of the things that I see in many churches is the spirit of pride. You got people parading themselves, and they're exalting themselves instead of exalting the name of Jesus. I tell people all the time, there are no great people, but we do serve a great God. All the glory, all the glory. I don't care how good she sings. I don't care how good this brother can play the drums or the keyboard. I don't care how good the preacher can preach. I don't care how good they are. All of the glory belongs to God. It's not about us. And what I'm seeing uh, uh, in many of the churches today is people are heaping up a flock unto themselves. They're not pointing to Jesus Christ. They're not. And and, 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 and and so the spirit of pride has crept into the church. Now, God hates pride. He hates it because it is the same spirit that Lucifer operated in when he was cast out of heaven. He exalted himself and said he would be like the Most High, and he was going to do this, and he was going to do that, and he and a third of the angels were knocked out of heaven. The Bible said we beheld him as lightning. You see, we can't allow the spirit of pride to operate in our churches because when that happens, it becomes about a person rather than Jesus Christ. And everything pertaining to the body of Christ, the house of God, the church, must be about exalting the name of Jesus. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Not sister so-and-so, not preacher so-and-so, not brother so-and-so, but if Jesus is exalted, if he is lifted up, he will draw all men unto him. Glory be to God. And that's why we cannot allow uh, the church to have celebrities. There is no room for celebrities in the house of God. Now, I don't want somebody to run off with this the wrong way. I'm not saying that celebrities can't come to church. 
That is not what I'm saying. I'm saying we can't make celebrities out of individuals in the church. We cannot. There are no superstars in the house of God. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is the only one that we can worship because he is the only one who hung on that cross for you and for me. He shed his blood. He laid down his life so that you and I could live. So we have no business exalting people. And the Bible says that God has given him a name that is highly exalted above all names, that at the name of Jesus, glory be to God, every knee must bow and every tongue must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Glory be to God. And then the scripture goes on to say that he has magnified his word above his name. Glory be to God in the highest. So you see, it's not about us. It's not about my word. It's not about your word. It is about the word of God. He has exalted it above his name. Now, God has given him a name that is highly exalted, but he said that his word has been magnified above his name. Glory be to God. So it must be, Jesus must be the star of the show, the center attraction. He, it must be the church must operate. It must eat, sleep, and drink Jesus Christ, the spotless lamb of God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And this is why Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Glory be to God. We can look around and see all that's happening in our nation, our city, and our state, even in our community. Sin abounds. Lawlessness is everywhere. Uh, why? Because we have forsaken the Lord, and every man has gone his own way. The Bible tells us to lean not to our own understanding, but that's what we're doing in this country. Every man is leaning to his own understanding. You know, they got this thing now that they're saying, uh, my truth. There is no such thing as my truth. The Bible said, let God be the truth and every man a liar. Glory be to God. There's only one truth, and it is God's truth. Whatever God said in this word, that is the truth, and everything else is a lie. Glory be to God. I don't care who don't like it. I don't care. I, I don't care who don't agree with it. God is the only truth. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father but by me. These are the words of Jesus. And then God himself, when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist and he was coming up out of the water, God himself, the Bible said, the heavens opened and God spoke. I'm going to turn there because I want you to hear this. I want you to hear what God said about his son, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. I mean, and, and, um, Matthew, the third chapter. I'm at the 16th verse. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove 
and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved son, and him I am well pleased. And then on a, in another place uh, in the scripture, it said, God said, Hear ye him. So God himself said, This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. And he said, Listen to him. Glory be to God. He sent Jesus, glory be to God, to show us the way to eternal life. Jesus is our example. Glory be to God. And if we are followers of Christ, then we've got to follow his example. He was meek and humble. He walked in humility. He did not walk in pride. The Bible says when he was reviled, he reviled not again. They spit on him. They plucked out his beard, and he was like a lamb before the slaughter. He opened not his mouth. Glory be to God. Sometimes you got to learn how to keep your mouth shut. You, you got to learn how to deny your right to be right. Glory be to God. We have to give up our rights. This is what Jesus said. If any man will be my disciple, let him deny himself. And to deny himself means to give up your right to be right. Glory be to God. You might be right, but God said give up your right to be right. Glory be to God. In other words, don't try to explain. Let God vindicate you. We're so busy trying to say, but you don't understand, but you don't know what happened. But just deny yourself the right to be right. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And he will exalt you in due season. Glory be to God. He said, then pick up your cross. Follow him. That's what it means to be a Christian, to be a follower of Christ. You got to learn to deny yourself. You're going to be lied on. You're going to be walked over. You're going to be kicked on. You're going to be picked out to be picked on. But you're so busy saying, well, ain't nobody going to talk to me that way. Ain't nobody going to treat me like that. That's not what Jesus said. He allowed them to crucify him. He humbled himself. He made of himself no replication. But he learned obedience by the things that he suffered. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. You see, we are so far from that today. Everybody wants to push his way. Yeah, everybody wants to push his way. Just want to push their way, just push their way. And I'm telling you something. We have got to learn all the wars that have ever been fought, every battle that's ever been fought was because somebody would not give up their right to be right. And that's not following Christ. He said, when they slap you, when they smite you on the cheek, turn the other cheek. And there are people that boast about, well, I ain't there yet. But that's not something to boast about. That's, that's something to pray about. Lord, help me to get there. Help me, God. Help me to get there. That I can be lied on. And I don't try to vindicate myself. I can be talked about. I can be mistreated. I can be stepped on, stepped over. I can do it. But God, 
I need your help. I'm willing. He said, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. You can have this conversation with God. God, I'm willing, but I need your help. I need you to help me get there, God. Help me to turn the other cheek when they smite me. Glory be to God. You got to first get over uh, uh, letting people lie on you. If you can't take uh, somebody lying on you, you ain't going to hardly be able to take uh, somebody slapping you and you turning the other cheek. That flesh, that flesh going to rise up. But the Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds and everything that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God, bringing it into captivity. See, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta learn obedience. We gotta learn how to suffer. And this is why we gotta return to the Lord because we 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 gotta we gotta be reset our thinking. We got to be reprogrammed, and 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 how do we get reprogrammed? I'm so glad you asked. It's through the Word of God. God told Joshua, I'm going to turn to it. Joshua chapter uh, one and verse eight. Let's turn there. And this is what He said: This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Everybody want to be prosperous and have good success. But the way to do that is to get the mind of Christ. So you got to get rid of your mind. Your mind and my mind is messed up. So we need a new mind. And so you might be like Nicodemus, say, well, how do I get this new mind? Uh, do, I, do, I, do I need to get back in my mother's womb and, and get another brain, get another mind? No, no, no. You get this new mind through the word of God by meditating on God's word day and night. And then you also got to do some fasting and some praying. You don't even hear uh, of churches fasting anymore, the corporate fast anymore. You just don't hear of it. Why? Because people are not interested in that. That don't get no tithe and offering. But Jesus, he told us the benefit of praying and fasting. He said this kind comes out, but by prayer and fasting, there are some demons that you won't even get rid of unless you fast and pray. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. You're not going to be effective. You're not going to be effective in casting out demonic spirits if you cannot fast. I know this is tight, but it's right. Glory be to God. So we got to reset. I remember when I used to fast on a regular basis, and um, I remember the things that God would show me and reveal to me. As a matter of fact, the Lord gave me the name 
of this ministry while I was on a five-day fast, and I heard the voice of God say, uh, walls of fire. And I didn't know where that was, but I looked it up on the Internet, and it's in Zechariah 2 and 5. I'm going to turn there right now and read it to you. Glory be to God. And this is what it says. For I, saith the Lord, will be unto her a wall of fire round about and will be the glory in the midst of her. God gave me this while I was on a five-day fast. Glory, And that was several, that was about, I want to say, uh, 10 years ago. God gave me this word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But how did I hear God? Because I had quieted myself. The Bible said, quiet yourself like a wound child. I had quieted myself, and I was fasting. While I was fasting, I heard the voice of God as clear as day say to me, wall of fire. You can't even hear God if you are not fasting. Because you got to, when you're fasting, you're going to drown out all of the noise of the world. Glory be to God. So it's time that the church would reset. Thanks of God, if you're listening to me tonight, I, I want you to take inventory of yourself tonight. Glory be to God. What we see going on in our communities, sin and lawlessness, and um, it's because we have forsaken um, the Lord and left off from following in his ways. Our God is holy, and he expects his children to live holy and to be holy. If we want to see the blessings of God in our nation, then we've got to get back to serving the Lord in the beauty of holiness and not just going to church. Um, there are many people going to church. I'm going to tell you something. This might be a newsflash to you. Do you know witches and warlocks? come to church? They do. They come to church to see what the Christians are doing, or shall I say, not doing. They come into church. They cast spells on people. They actually, some of them, join the church and get on auxiliary. Their main goal is to get to the pastor. They can. Now, if the pastor, if there are no watchmen on the wall, they'll get to them, and they'll put a curse on them and a curse on the ministry. Now, I know you haven't, you're struggling with this right now. There are some people under the sound of my voice saying, how can that be? Read your Bible. Read your Bible. How do the witches and warlocks know what the believers are doing or are not doing? As a matter of fact, they capitalize on what the church is not doing. And can I tell you what the number one thing the church is not doing? The church is not praying. Prayer meeting is the least attended meeting during the week. They got Bible study. They got choir rehearsal. They got the, the, the mother's board, the, the uh, women's ministry. They got all this stuff going on. Uh, children's church. Um, they have the, the, the young people's ministry. And they got bingo night, movie night, 
skating night. They got all this entertainment. Glory be to God. But there's no prayer going on. I met a guy from Africa. He came to the church in the United States. And this is what he said. He said, wow, I can't believe you all build all these churches and do all these great things without prayer. That's what he observed. He was from Africa. See, in Africa, they don't do nothing without prayer because they don't have the resources that we have. Everything that they do must be done by prayer. If they're going to build a house, it must be done by prayer. They have to pray and ask God for the material and the resources to build that house. If they're going to uh, 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 build a hospital, whatever they're doing, if they need medicine, they have to ask God for it or ask him to heal them supernaturally. We do so much in this country because America is a prosperous, and let me say it this way, a financially prosperous nation. Yeah, there's wealth in this country. As a matter of fact, there's so much wealth in this country, there's really no reason for anyone to be poor. However, we know that it is not equally distributed. So that's why you have the three different classes. You have the elitist, and then you have the middle class, and then you have um, the, the poor. And they say there's two classes of poor, but I just believe it's just the poor. So uh, there's great wealth in this country, but there are wicked people in high places who will see to it that the wealth in this country is never equally distributed because that gives them a sense of pride and they want to uh, feel superior to other people. I'm just going to tell you the truth tonight. It is what it is. And so what we've got to do, we've got to get back. Back. Go back. Go back to where you first met the Lord. Glory be to God. Get back to serving the Lord. Christianity is more than that. We, we, we've got to get out of, well, I go to church. You know, I ask people all the time, are you saved? And the first thing they'll say to me is, yeah, I go to church. Uh, my pastor's so-and-so. I have, to, I have to stop them. I say, that's not what I ask you. I ask you, are you saved? Are you born again? Glory be to God. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, that's their second answer. Their first answer is to tell me what church they go to and the name of their pastor. That's idolatry right there. That's idolatry. You should have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So if I ask you, are you saved? Yes, I'm saved. I'm born again, washed in the blood of the Lamb. I didn't have to mention my pastor's name, and I didn't have to tell you the name of my church. I just told you I'm saved. Glory be to God. I'm born again. So let us return to the Lord while we still have time. Glory be to God. There's a great blessing awaiting us when we do both spiritually and naturally. I want to read to you um, this scripture. It says, all the ends of the world 
shall remember and return unto the Lord, and all kindreds of the nations shall worship before thee. For the kingdom is the Lord, and he is the governor among the nations. That's Psalm 22, verse 27 through 28. I want to look at um, the return. So we looked at the recall where God was calling his people back to him. That's Jeremiah 3, verses 14 and 15. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 4 and uh, verse 1. He's recalling the people back to him, his people. You notice God only talks to his people. He said, if my people, which are called by my name, uh, shall humble themselves and pray, he says, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. So we've got to, we, if we are the people of God, we've got to humble ourselves and pray and turn from our wicked ways. And so this is what he says in Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 1. If thou wilt return, O Israel, saith the Lord, return unto me. And if thou wilt put away thou abomination out of my sight, then shalt thou not remove. In other words, God said you won't be moved again. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. We've got to turn to the Lord. You won't be shaken or moved. We, we've got to return to the Lord. This is what the reset is all about. It is returning to the Lord. He, he's calling us. He, he, he's recalling us. And then we have a part that we have to play in all of this. We've got to return. That's what Hosea 6 and 1 says. Come let us return Unto the Lord. Glory be to God. Now let's look at Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2, verse 28 through um, 30. Glory be to God. Through 32. And this is what it says. It says, and it shall come to pass afterwards. See, after we uh, uh, reset and, and, and hear the, the recall and return unto the Lord, this is what's going to happen. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids, in those days will I pour out my spirit. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. And the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. You see, the day of the Lord is coming. The Bible describes it. It's going to be a great and terrible day at the same time. It's going to be great for the believers, those who have of their sin and have been uh, forgiven and received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, those whose garments have been washed in the blood of the Lamb, and they now wear the robes of righteousness. It's going to be a great day for them, but it's going to be a terrible day for the wicked. 
Glory be to God in the highest. It's going to be a terrible day for the wicked. And then he goes on to say, and it shall come to pass, whosoever shall cut call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered for in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be delivered as the Lord has said and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. So, you know, many churches have been praying um, for revival, and some churches have been having uh, revival. They've been holding revival meetings. But revival only comes through repentance. Glory be to God. When the church gets on her knees and begins to weep over her sins, glory be to God. Then we will see Then we will see repentance. Glory be to God. God will revive us like he said in Hosea. He will revive us if we truly repent of our sins. First John, let me turn there. Glory be to God. First John gives us the answer. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It says, 1 John 1 and 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. Not us, but he is. Glory be to God. Faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. We've got to confess our sins. Tell God that, God, I've done wrong. I, I did this. I said this. I even thought this. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Iniquity is hidden sin, but you don't need to think that anything is hidden from God because nothing is not. The scriptures tell us that the day and night is the same with him. So there's absolutely nothing hidden from God. But uh, when I speak of hidden sin, I'm speaking of those things that are hidden in our hearts. Pride is a hidden sin. Uh, jealousy is a hidden sin. Envy is a hidden sin. Uh, unforgiveness. These are not things that you can see, but they're there. But the all-seeing eye of God, who knows everything, he's omnipresent, he's omnipotent, and he's uh uh, 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 just all-knowing, omniscient. He, glory be to God in the highest. So there's nothing that you and I can hide from God. Therefore, it behooves us to confess our sins to God. Confess that jealousy. Confess that envy. Confess that unforgiveness. Tell God, I want to forgive them, but God, I need your help. What they did, it hurt me so bad, and I'm struggling with this. I know forgiveness is, is the way, God. I know that you said I must forgive, but I need your help. Go to God with that thing. Don't try to hide it in your heart because David said, when I kept silent, my bones waxed cold. In other words, David, he, he, uh, he began to grow cold uh, toward the Lord, and he began to grow uh, lukewarm in the things of God. In other words, he was going down, and he knew it. 
and he said, when I kept silent, my bones waxed cold. And so he wrote 51st Psalm saying, create in me a clean heart, O God. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. He, David had lost his joy. He didn't have any more joy because he wasn't in fellowship and right relationship with God because of his sin. Sin had separated him from God. And if you think sin won't separate you from God, I'm going to tell you something. You are sadly mistaken. Sin will take you further than you wanted to go and make you stay longer than you wanted to stay. So we have to be quick about this thing, to repent of it and confess it before the Lord. Bring your sins to the Lord. Don't try to hide from a God like Adam and Eve did. I, I, I just often wonder, how did they think they could hide from God who had created them and the garden that he put them in? How did they think they could hide from God? He created them and the garden and everything that was in the garden, even the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Glory be to God. He had created everything. How did they think they could hide from God? But they did. They thought they could. They thought they could hide from God. So even when God said to them, uh, Adam, where art thou? Wherefore art thou? God was not asking him, where are you? Like, like he didn't know where they were. It was a rhetorical question. God was basically saying to him, what have you done? Why are you hiding from me? And God knew the answer to that. He knew the answer to that. So um, we've got to get uh, back to living holy and serving the Lord in the beauty of holiness and righteousness. You see, revival means rebirth. Now, follow me to Isaiah chapter 66 and verse number 9, and I'm just about done um, with this message. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And this is what it says. I'm going to start at the eighth verse. Who have heard such a thing? Who have seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? Soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. Shall I bring to the birth and not cause to bring forth, saith the Lord? Shall I cause to bring forth and shut the womb, saith thy God? You see, there are so many people that are preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ today, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. But the Bible tells us in Matthew that some of these people are going to say, Lord, I did this in your name. I did that in your name. And he said he's going to tell them, depart from me ye workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Now, they said, he, 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 he's going to say, I, I never knew you. He said, and um, ye cursed, depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. You see, hell 
was prepared for Satan and his angels. Heaven, on the other hand, is prepared for the children of God. And Jesus said in John chapter 14, he said, I go away, prepare a place for you. And he said that where I am, you may be there also. So heaven is a prepared place for prepared people, the people of God. But hell has also a prepared place for people who follow Satan. It is for the devil and his fallen angels. But there are people, there are people who are following Satan, even in the church. They're saying, I've done this in your name. I've done that. I'm on the Willing Workers Club. I I clean up around the church. I've even preached the gospel. I've given uh, money to the poor. I've done all these things. He says, he's going to say to them, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Not that I don't know you, but I never knew you. You never worked for me. You never repented of your sins. You never confessed your sins. You never gave your heart to Jesus Christ. You just went into the church, and somehow these churches let you start working. There are people that are working for the Lord, and they don't even know the Lord. Yeah, they're just working. They're in the house. They're like little worker bees. They're just working, 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 and they don't know the Lord, and the Lord does not know them. And in the end, it's going to be a very terrible day when they hear him say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. So the church needs rebirth. You cannot expect revival without rebirth. Now, the definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. If you keep doing the same thing, you're going to keep getting the same results. But God will do it if we repent. If the people of God will repent, God, hallelujah, will reset us. Hallelujah. He's recalling us now. He's calling unto us, come up higher, come up higher. And he's saying, return unto me, return unto me. God is pleading with his people to return unto him. God is telling us that you have departed from the faith. You have strayed. You're so far away from me. Yet your body is here in the church, but your mind is on the other side of town. I believe there was a song uh, uh, like that when I was a young girl. Uh, uh, before I got saved, say, your body's here with me, but your mind is on the other side of town. And so God is saying, return unto me with your whole heart. Uh, It it says in the book of Isaiah, let us return to the highway of holiness. Oh, I got to turn there. That's Isaiah chapter 35. Glory be to God. I always love that scripture. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. It says, um, and the parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water, and the habitation of dragons where each lay shall be grass with reeds and rushes, and a highway shall be there, 
and a way, and in it shall be called the way of holiness. And the unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, though fools, shall not err therein. Glory be to God. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast. Glory be to God. Shall go up thereon. It shall not be found there. But the redeemed shall walk there, and the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain uh, joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I pray that this is blessing you on tonight. And our very last scripture tonight, hallelujah, comes from Acts. Thank you, Jesus. Acts chapter 2. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So God is telling us to um, that we need to uh, reset ourselves. And, uh, and a reset, I told you in the beginning, is start over. And I know that there are some of you listening to the sound of my voice tonight. You know that I'm talking to you. You know that it is the voice of God that is pricking your heart right now, saying that you need to reset. Glory be to God. You need to start over. You need a new beginning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And this is what the word of God is saying. Glory be to God. In Acts chapter 2 and verse number 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Glory be to God. And so this is what the Lord is concluding this message with tonight. Repent. If you intend to reset, you've got to repent. Just repent. And sometimes repentance is not always involving what you did. Sometimes it involves what you haven't done, what you didn't do. Perhaps you're not praying like you should. Perhaps you're not studying your Bible as you should. You're not spending quiet time alone in the Lord. You've allowed yourself to become so distracted and so busy with other things. The Word of God tells us in Matthew 6 and 33, seek ye First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And you've allowed the things to take precedent. And God is calling you back. He's calling you back. You hear his voice. You hear him. You hear the conviction. He, he's wooing you back. He, he's, he, he's wooing you back. And, and you can keep going if you want to. But you're going to miss your reset. You're going to miss the opportunity to reset, to start over again. And so I encourage you tonight to stop, drop, and roll. Glory be to God. Stop what you're doing. Drop everything and roll on the floor. Roll on your face before God tonight and say, God, I'm guilty. Talking about me. God, this is me. This message was just for me. And I'm going to... Start over again. I need a reset because I want the recall and the return so that I can experience the rebirth. Glory be to God. 
Hallelujah. Jesus said you must be born again. Glory be to God in the height. And so uh, I'm going to conclude this message on tonight. I pray that you have been blessed by the word of the Lord. I pray that um, you will take heed to the things that you have heard tonight. And I pray that you will experience a reset, that you will start over. Glory. Hallelujah. This is Evangelist Janet Taylor um, signing out tonight uh, from Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry International. Um, Our web address is www.wallsoffiredeliveranceMIN.com. You can reach us by email or phone. The phone number is area code 336-830-0601, or um, you can email us at jet245 at msn.com. I would like you to know that we also uh, receive mail at P.O. Box 1148, Walkertown, North Carolina, 27105. I encourage you to drop us a line. Glory be to God. If you have been blessed by tonight's message, I also would encourage you to sow a seed if you are led by the Holy Spirit. Sow a seed into this ministry. Hallelujah. You will be sowing into good ground. And um, you can sow through PayPal or use Zelle. Now, our PayPal um, um, identification uh, number is jet245 at msn.com. Same with Zelle, J-E-T-245 at msn.com. That's our username. So you just type that in and sow the amount that the Lord leads leads you to sow. Join us Monday through Saturday at 12 noon for a one hour of prayer. And on Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for one hour of prayer. The phone number is 425-436-6333. Code, the access code is 716 5050. We'd be delighted for you to join us for the sweet hour of prayer. Um, You can also join us by um, um, messenger for this uh, sweet hour of prayer. Again, the number is 425-436-6333, and the access code is 716 5050 followed by the pound sign. We look forward to having you with us, having you joining us. And um, our prayer tonight is that you have been blessed by tonight's message. We love you here at Walls of Fire, and we thank God for you, and we pray God's continued blessings upon you. In Jesus' name, shalom.
Praise God on behalf of Live Deliverance Internet Radio. We want to thank Evangelist Janet Taylor's and Walls of Fire Ministry, wonderful sister in Christ. Don't forget this coming Saturday we have a deliverance seminar. It starts at 2 o'clock, but we're going to really kick it in when the ministers get in at 3. So at 2 o'clock, we're going to be talking about schizophrenia in the book of Romans. Schizophrenia is a demonic spirit that dwells within the personality. We'll be teaching that from 2 to 3. And then when the ministers that's coming in at 3 o'clock, we're going to continue deliverance. That's every Sabbath day on Saturdays at 2 o'clock p.m. God bless. God bless Evangelist Taylor and the Walls of Five Ministries. Have a wonderful evening, and may the Lord Jesus of Nazareth be a blessing upon you. Shalom.